It's time to blitz yet again. We've had too long of a layoff since Zach Bourne has been back on the podcast, and it's been a busy stretch for him, a busy stretch for the Buckeyes, a busy stretch for Ryan Day, but it's Sunday Blitz. It's the Christmas Eve edition, and we're ramping up for the Cotton Bowl as I will leave tomorrow. Zach is uh, going to be covering from afar down there in a, somewhere sunnier maybe than Dallas, but Zach, we've there's been so much going on since we last talked. I don't even know where we should begin. There is so much going on. And uh, yeah, Santa Claus is coming down the chimney tonight, which we're all excited about. You know, hopefully it brings us a Buckeye victory in about five days, four days, whatever it might be. And um, yeah, man, it's been a busy December. I would argue probably one of the more busier Decembers that Ohio State's had in a long time. Yeah, and this calendar is nuts. And I, I, I don't really feel good for anybody having to deal with it. The players that are dealing with the portal, the recruits that want some attention to get to, to signing day, Ryan Day having to evaluate the state of the program and, and the coaching moves. So when you take the big picture look, the last time we talked, we we got heated as we sometimes do on a Sunday blitz. We, we're passionate guys. We're passionate about what we talk about, what we cover, what we what we care about. And it's a great way to put it. And the word that I used a lot and I forced you to use the same one, was urgency. These decisions needed to be taken on aggressively as possible because because in the end, the Cotton Bowl is just an exhibition. Now, I'll, I'll say I'm probably wrong about the last part, that this game means more to the Buckeyes than, than I thought two weeks ago. And I would say that maybe I was too strong in needing urgency in every single decision because you can't really be in the transfer portal if you don't know about the NFL draft decisions, those things are tied together. I think there was probably an opportunity to maybe be um, more decisive with a couple decisions on the staff. But I guess I'd have to put my hand up and say true out-and-out out urgency in December was probably not the right approach for Ohio State. And then I was, was maybe wrong to suggest that. I, I would agree with you. I think we both said, hey, there needs to be a sense of urgency. I know on our last show I, I mentioned, you know, we both trust Ryan. The rest of Buckeye Nation should trust, you know, Coach Day. We just thought he needed to make some decisions quickly and swiftly and kind of turn the page. Now, in saying that, um, you know, two and a half weeks ago, whatever it was, two weeks ago, we didn't know that we'd be sitting here today and no Buckeye has declared for the NFL draft. We Two weeks ago, we didn't know that, hey, the guys that we thought were in question that were leaning towards the NFL draft might not be going towards the NFL draft. So there's a lot more answers uh, now than there were two weeks ago, which I think is the reasoning for the, I don't want to say lack of sense of urgency, but... You didn't need to have one. Um, you know, they finished strong with the recruiting class that we saw last week, um, which, which is huge for the Buckeyes, especially being able to keep Edric Houston and, um, you know, Jeremiah Smith. I think now they have to turn to the Cotton Bowl. And, and like you said, you know, you would have thought that the Cotton Bowl was an exhibition and they are not viewing it that way. And I know they're not because you look at the last, Three seasons, right? 21 ended with a, lose against, a loss against Team Up North, but then obviously taking care of business in the Rose Bowl against Utah. You look at last year, it was a loss against Team Up North and then a loss in the playoff. 
You look at this year, it's a loss against a team up north. And then, hey, if you go into the Cotton Bowl and you lose to Missouri, look at the way you finish, kind of finish the last three years. It's, you know, one and five. That is not what you want out of an Ohio State football team. And so that's where you see Coach Day and this coaching staff taking this game completely different than maybe we originally thought. And I think the other caveat of this whole thing is that now with a lot of these guys possibly and probably coming back compared to going to the NFL draft, they want to build some momentum going into next year. Now you're looking at a full-blown, you know, Ohio State football team that's running out at full strength, that's competing against Missouri, trying to build on next year. It's not like you know a bunch of these guys declared for the NFL draft and you have a whole bunch of young guys that you're throwing into action for the first time. You're like, hey, listen, let's see what you can do. Let's learn from it. Let's build in the spring ball. No, this is like, hey, we got some veteran dudes that are playing in this football game. They're going to be playing a lot of football next year. Let's build momentum into the offseason and finish this season on a win. Yeah, and and playing in the Cotton Bowl and opting into it doesn't guarantee that every single one of them is going to be on the roster in 2024, but it it seems like a pretty decent lean in most cases. I, Denzel Burke, I think, is the only one who described himself as 50-50, and the rest kind of like danced around it. Because the sense is, and the way that college football seems to work anymore, if your mind was already made up, if you had received a no-doubt first-round grade, which I believe... I mean, really, the only one that I think has got that at that point is Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, it 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 may well be better off served for these guys to come back and play another year. Now, that's we can talk about that after the Cotton Bowl. But the point is, if they knew that they were going, that's generally when you see the opt out decisions. And we saw that a couple of years ago. It was maybe more obvious for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but even Haskell Garrett did not play in that game for Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Like that's sort of the thing that I had in the back of my mind looking at this game and you saw the the spread change dramatically and swing from the Buckeyes to Missouri and now it's going back a little bit the other way and some places have Ohio State favored again in this game because NFL caliber players are playing in the game and potentially as you said Zach setting the scene for 2024 and so from from that vantage point alone let setting aside that the scarlet and gray jerseys and the silver bullet helmets are going to be on the field and that a lot of other younger players like Devin Brown want to make the most of the opportunity. It, it does feel like a, a real thing again. And I, I, my excitement to cover it has returned. Like I hoped it would. Yeah. And I think the, you look across the board here, right? If you know the, the main, the main person that you mentioned, Denzel Burke being the only one coming out and saying 50, 50, if Denzel Burke is saying he's 50, 50, you got to think many of those other guys are almost 60, 40 coming back to Ohio state. And so you look at the one guy that you already mentioned that very well is going off to the NFL and Marvin Harrison jr. And he's sitting there saying, Hey, I'm practicing. I'm going through bowl practice. Hey, I'm playing. I haven't, you know, opted out of the game yet. So we are, you know, uh, less than a week out from playing in the Cotton Bowl, and you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. leaving leading the way, who probably the second overall pick in the NFL draft, and he's saying, "Hey, I'm playing. I'm practicing. I'm competing. I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to get better." Those guys that are fifty fifty or sixty forty coming back, that why are they going to sit out? You know, it's kind of like you, 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 uh, th- there's always a leader of the team when it comes to, and I'm not talking about, you know, captains and stuff like that because very much, you know, that's not the takeaway from Kate Stover and Tommy Eichenberg and, and Xavier Johnson. 
but you have leaders when it comes to declaring for the NFL draft and setting the tone of the bowl game. And you see it across the country from these bigger programs like Florida State, who's got seven or eight guys that are sitting out. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is playing, those other guys are like, guess what? We're, we're strapping up. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and, and so you love to see that from Marvin. Who knows if he's actually going to run out there Friday night and play. But I can guarantee you Marvin doesn't want to end his Ohio State football career losing to the team up north and Ann Arbor. And if he does, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I, I know as well as you know, as well as many people inside the Woody Hayes, know he has a bad taste in his mouth from that game. Yeah, he, in his heart, you know, you know that he wants to play. And I just, my feeling, and I, I've said it throughout this week, and I will probably say it once I land in Texas, man, that would be such a risk. And it feels like such bad advice. Like, I just, I know he wants to play. And I want to watch him play one more college game and cover him one more time because he's such a phenomenal athlete and one of the best that we've ever had uh, to to watch here at Ohio State and cover on a, I mean, the progression from, gosh, should Ohio State take Marvin Harrison Jr. or Bo Collins? Um, yeah. I mean, that was a real conversation Ohio State was having. The development to one of the best players in America. I mean, think best- about where we're at. Think about where we're at two years ago from right now. 21 going into the Rose Bowl. We're like, oh, my God, Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson are sitting out. Well, let's see what Marvin Harrison Jr. can do. Goes out and does that. And then we're two years later and we're like, Oh my God! It yeah. arguably the greatest wide receiver in Ohio State football history. Now, I do think that that memory can also play into his mind and his decision making process. That he benefited personally from those reps, and it was a springboard for him into that breakout sophomore season. Wound up being really, really important, especially when Jackson uh, wound up hurt that year. And I, I think there is part of him as well to be like. I can have an impact by going through practices, going through being in the Woody all month, being on the Monarch, and then using this to pass the torch to Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis. And I, I think that's part of it. I also think thirty-five million guaranteed is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't want to. You know, he, here's where I'm at: is that um, the player approach, like Marvin Harrison Jr. No, if I was in his shoes, I'd want to play. I'm like, hey, yeah. listen, I'm playing. I'm going out there competing. You know, I love Ohio State. These are my boys. You know, the bond that you create with the guys in the locker room throughout the season. You know, Marvin's been there three years. You know, it's like, hey, those are some of his dudes that he's enjoyed going to war with. He he doesn't want to lose that feeling. It's a it's a shitty feeling knowing like, hey, listen, my time in this locker room is done and I have to move on to another place. So as the player he wants to play and compete and run out on that field one more time wearing Ohio State football jersey. Now, if I was his dad, if I was his advisors, it'd be a hell no moment, right? <laughs> and and so you have to look at it from both lens of being like, hey, $35 million, look at what's ahead of you. Let's, you know, let's look at I mean, the injuries that have happened in bowl games. Look at, you know, even Jake Butt. At, yeah. at Michigan, right when he blew his ACL and you know had a uh, issues with uh, with that in his NFL career. Think about Jalen Smith at Notre Dame when he was playing Ohio State. Right, his right. career was never truly the same. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on of big time star football players that got hurt in the bowl game when there was really nothing to play for. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure. 
if I were a betting man, dad and advisors are going to win out on this compared to what Marvin wants to do, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see the throws. Even if Marvin Harrison is not on the other end of them, the guy delivering them, Devin Brown, uh, I mean, self-confidence. I say it over and over and over. This guy is not lacking in it. One of the things that you talked about, especially late in the year, Zach, was that you you wanted to see more passion from Ohio State's starting quarterback than maybe what you saw from Kyle McCord. I, Whatever inconsistency, ups and downs that kept Devin Brown from winning the battle against Kyle McCord in August or into September, the thing that he was never, ever lacking was confidence and swagger and maybe the ability to provide some of that buy-in from his teammates that, that you wanted to see. I don't know. This is going to be the first opportunity he has a, yeah. a complete game to do it, but I think that's what makes it pretty fascinating on Friday night. I'm so excited to see Devin Brown play. Um, you know, I, I did talk about late in the season, and I'll continue to talk about it on this show, is that I don't care if it's fake confidence. I don't care if it's fake swagger. If in your mind you've got a mindset that, hey, listen, I'm a freaking dog and I'm going to go compete, you automatically are going to play better of your normal skill set. Now, you could be the greatest player in the world, but if you go out, go out there timid with no emotion, with you know just uh, uh, not even a ton of confidence, just trying to not make a mistake... You could be, you know, uh, you could be uh, Andrew Luck. You know, you could be uh, Tom Brady. You're not going to play like that. And that's what I struggled with so much coming down the stretch, especially at the quarterback position, is there was just no emotion. There was no confidence. There was no swagger. So Kyle McCord could have been the most skilled quarterback in the entire country, but he wasn't going to play that way. So I'm all for a quarterback that might might not be as talented, and I'm not saying that, but might not be as talented. But if he goes out there and has some swagger, has some energy, he's not only going to elevate his level of play, he's going to elevate the entire offense's level of play. And you look at this offensive line. Now, they've come a long way from where they started the year to where they ended the year. But if you get a quarterback, that is smacking them on the butt saying, boys, let's go. Let's go win this football game. Let's drive this down their throat. It's going to elevate those guys' play. If they go out with a quarterback that's just you know, straight-faced and not showing any emotion, it sucks for an offensive lineman, right? Like You need someone to bring the juice to kind of elevate everyone around them, and it's always going to be the quarterback on offense regardless. On the defense, it's going to be the middle linebacker position always. It's just the way it is. And so I'm excited to see what Devin can do. And I know you know, we, we talked about it in, in training camp in August when there was a quarterback competition going on, and we talked about it through the year. And everyone was saying, why isn't Devin Brown playing? And this is what I'll say. I think Devin Brown has a higher ceiling than Kyle McCord, 100%. And I think Ryan Day would admit to that. The issue, especially in training camp, and you saw it as well as I saw it going, going to practices, his floor was a lot lower than Kyle McCord's. So Ryan Day knew by going with Kyle, hey, listen, I got a middle-of-the-road guy, not going to make many mistakes, but is not going to blow the doors off by any means. But you look around in the weapons that he has, if he gets the ball to Marvin Harrison, gets a, a ball to Mecca, right? Like the list goes on and on. Those guys can make plays. And so that's why Kyle McCord was a quarterback. Now, Devin Brown, 
Now he's got even more confidence with, hey, listen, I don't have Kyle McCord ahead of me. I don't have that that veteran guy or that you know the guy that's uh, older than me on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Now I can go out there and sling it. I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, and and I I don't want to say I can guarantee it. There'll probably be some plays where, guess what? That floor is super low, and everyone's sitting there scratching their heads, like, damn, like just young mistake. But there also might be some throws where everyone's like, oh my God, hold on. You know, like this is, this is apt. Why, why didn't we see more of this this year? And it's all going to go back. And, you know, I don't want to say, um, Ryan's in a lose lose situation because, you know, if if Devin plays bad and Ohio State loses, Ryan's going to take the blame. If Devin goes out there and plays like a freaking all American quarterback, which he's got the talent to do. Ryan's going to, everyone's going to be like, Ryan, why weren't you playing Devin? Right. So everyone has to go into this with an open mind, knowing like, Hey, listen, Devin's been getting developed throughout the entire year. If he wasn't, it, it, the coaches wouldn't be doing, uh, you know, the, the kid justice. Ryan Day is a quarterback guru. The kids obviously developed throughout the year. Now the kid's ceiling, like I said, is much higher than Kyle McCord. So I hope, I hope he goes out there, slings it around and builds on this going into the 24 season. I do think that that point you made is important to keep in mind, especially maybe when we're evaluating Friday night, because we'll we'll probably put too much stock in it no matter what happens. But I mean, that that volatility that you're talking about, it wasn't just something that you only saw in practice, like even within that Purdue game, we talk about the red zone package and the throw that Ohio State called and it, it looked it was it was not good. It was a near interception down there. But, get, but what did he do later in the game? He got another opportunity, and he threw one of the prettiest balls, maybe the most gorgeous deep ball of the entire season to Brandon Ennis for that touchdown and dropped it in a bucket. Like I think that's what you're talking about is with the floor and ceiling debate. There was There's a wide disparity between there. And for Kyle McCord, that consistency, and I know that, that always people hate when that's the cliche that's used to describe like what does a player have to do what does a quarterback have to do consistency consistency I mean that's what Ohio State was looking for and and I think when you when you're bringing up development for Devin Brown that means just shrinking the margin between the floor and the ceiling and if you that doesn't mean that every throw has to be like the deep ball yep. to Brandon Ennis but if you you remove the ones that make you hold your breath then Things get pretty exciting with Devin Brown. Like there are, I don't think any of us have ever sat here and said, even when Kyle McCord, like this was the right decision for Ohio State in September and October, and then Devin Brown was hurt and there was no conversation to have. I don't think there's ever been a time that we didn't that we were like, well, there's no way Devin Brown could ever do this. That was not the conversation. The, the potential was in there all along. It's it's a process to let that play out, and when we've used like. Joe Burrow swagger conversations or skill set like yeah. that's the that Berm used early on in Devin Brown's recruitment. Joe Burrow needed four years to become that. Like mm-hmm. if Devin Brown could start taking that step in the Cotton Bowl into next spring, there's no problem with that. And I think that's why Ryan Day took so long to say, hey, Kyle McCord's a starting quarterback, right? I mean, we went into what, week four of the season? We, you know, up until the Notre Dame game where – it was like, well, we don't truly know who our starting quarterback is going to be. And I think it was because of that volatility. He was waiting for Devin Brown to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to make those mistakes. I'm not going to, you know, every third throw just kind of scratch your head and be like, where were those 
you know, why couldn't you, uh, uh, you know, imitate the first two throws that you just had? It's like it, it was so it was so hot, cold that he was forced to go with the guy who was lukewarm. And that's right. just the that's just the easy way to put it for any fan out there that's watching this that you know might not understand the ins and outs of the game or might not un- understand the ins and outs that Ryan is is uh, going through. It's like Ryan didn't want to put someone out there that was going to lose him the football game. If that makes sense, if Devin Brown went, you know, off the deep end and was just having a bad outing, that can lose them the football game. Right. And and you didn't know what Devin Brown you were going to get. Well, guess what? Now you're going to see what he's going to do on on Friday night. And you, he's had all year to prepare for this game. And now it's like, hey, the guy that was ahead of me is out of the picture. This is my job to run with it. And it goes back to that confidence. It's hey, if he makes a bad throw, look for Ryan Day to come back and say, hey, Devin, throw another deep one. You know yeah. where you might not be able to take those chances. In 11-0, 11-0 game in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you're going to go out there on the Cotton Bowl on Friday, and if there's a, a, a crossing route that looks terrible, Ryan Day might say, hey, screw it, let's throw a deep ball, right? Come right back to it to try and build confidence from that standpoint. You just – that's where, like, the exhibition word gets thrown out in this game because right. – let's be honest, there's not a ton at stake, right? It's not college football playoff national championship at stake. So now Ryan's able to open things up and say, hey, Devin, you throw a bad throw, ball, screw it, let's go. We're, we're attacking them again. And uh, that's what I'm excited to see Devin do on Friday. I'm also really excited to see how he manages the offense, knowing like, hey, he's running out there the first snap. How's everyone going to uh, compete around him? How's everyone going to lift him up? How can he lift the other guys up? That's what I'm truly excited to see. Well, that Cotton Bowl week is here. We hope everybody enjoys the rest of this holiday weekend and then gets ready for that. If I can get Zach to come off the boat for, uh, I don't know, Saturday, a Saturday blitz or New Year's Eve blitz. I will, but we got it because we got one more football game to talk about. No doubt, we 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 can figure that out. You know, I'll be basking <laughs> in the sun with some coconut oil. You know, but it's okay. I'll I'll figure it out. All right. Well, I appreciate you. I uh, hope you have a great Christmas with the family as well, Zach, and a trip down there to. And we don't disclose everyone's do, do locations for this, but uh, a good holiday weekend. Yeah. And thanks as always for your insight as we get ready. For the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State and Missouri. He's Zach Bourne. I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us for a Sunday Blitz. Uh, Merry Christmas. See you next time.